This is a cycling podcast, so why start with audio of steam trains? It's all to do with a very long sausage. I'm Carlton Reed, and in this episode of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast, brought to you in association with Jensen USA, I'm on the road again. Well, bike path. A Belgian bike path. In Germany. It's very interesting to see what Setnev does. Setnev goes absolutely crazy, because you cannot mark the border everywhere, but you do cross it. And said Nev 3X, it, it was just like it went into this kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and the flags keep popping up. Dutch Belgium, Dutch Belgium, Dutch Belgium. That was Ukrainian-born journalist Vitali Vitaliev, an expert on enclaves. Those bizarre bits of countries that are fully enclosed by other countries. And here's Brussels-based Gilbert Perrin. Sometimes you are in Belgium, except on the left, it's Germany. Sometimes you are in Belgium, but the street is German. It changes 11 times along the route. But Gilbert and Vitali were talking about a 10-metre-wide Belgian sausage squirming for 25 kilometres through Germany. It's a bizarre yet unmarked part of the historically important Fenbon Trail. I love mixing quirky history with my riding, so last month I left Newcastle in strong autumn sunshine got on a big boat and had a little adventure. So I've arrived in Amsterdam and I travelled on the DFDS ferry from Newcastle overnight. Absolutely fantastic trip. Great gourmet food, actually. Uh, almost from the Tyne uh, across the North Sea, uh, looking out the window. Fantastic. Uh, and of course, I can see lots of bikes here in Amsterdam. So I'm outside the central station and I am going to get a train from here to Boxtel and then a bus from Boxtel to Eindhoven. From Eindhoven, I get on another train and I go to uh, Heerlen. And then from Heerlen, I might get another train. Uh, couldn't buy a ticket to that or I shall get the bus. No, I shan't. I'll get my bike. I'll take my folding bike. So I'll just unfold my Brompton and then I'll ride from Heelan to Arken, which will then be the start of the Fen Barn Trail. The full Fen Barn Trail is 128 kilometres long, but most of those who ride along it probably don't know that a 25 kilometre stretch that they think is in Germany is actually in Belgium. It isn't Belgian because of bikes, it's because of trains. The Fenbahn Trail is the former Fenbahn Railway, a minerals line built by Prussia in the 1880s, but ceded to Belgium after the First World War. To the victors, the spoils. I'll let Gilbert Perrin explain some of the history. I should also add that Gilbert was one of the prime movers behind turning the partly derelict line into a long-distance rail trail. It was uh, built by the German Empire at that time. And then after the Versailles Treaty, after World War I, um, the, um, part of this region became Belgian. So the Belgian community, the present Belgian community, um, part of it remained in Germany, but the railway 
worse Belgium, even across Germany. So it's it's very strange. It's a kind of corridor, Belgian corridors through in some places through the German territory. And uh, what is very funny is that the border changes 11 times along the route. So sometimes the, 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 the ground is totally in Belgium or totally in Germany, except the railway. So if you are on the Fenban, uh, you are in Belgium, but on the left, on the right, you are in Germany. This switching of borders was once very obvious, with barriers, border guards and checks. For locals, back in the day, just getting to the shops or to school meant crossing international borders twice in just a few metres. Enclaves are bizarre, as Vitali explained in his book Passport to Enclavia. On, on both sides, it was surrounded by Germany, you know, in the places of enclaves. So that's, that's kind of that's a pretty bizarre situation. That's one of the attractions that you don't know, you know. You have to find other little signs. And quite literally, those little signs include border marker stones placed there in the 1920s, and which, on one side, have the letter D for Deutschland, on the other, the letter B for Belgique. The stones can be found in the undergrowth, five metres away from the bike trail, marking where the border was placed by international commissioners in 1921 and where, technically, it still is. But don't try and find this 10-metre-wide Belgian sausage with Apple Maps. The 25-kilometre-long bit of Belgium inside Germany doesn't exist, according to Tim Cook and crew. But it's there on Google Maps in all of its glory. Maybe Apple just doesn't like enclaves. They can be pretty confusing on the ground, on maps and in terminology. For starters, depending on where you're looking from, Enclaves can also be exclaves. Here's Vitali. To me, enclave uh, is uh, the same patch of, la- uh, of land as an exclave. It depends which country is it viewed from. For example, just try to give you an example. Uh, so there is a, a German enclave inside Switzerland, Bussingen. It's a German village totally surrounded by Switzerland. So for Germany... Uh, it is an exclave, but for Switzerland, it is an enclave. That's that's how I define it. You know, it, it depends whether it's viewed from the kind of mother country or the host country. Despite the fact it's an enclave or uh, um, an exclave, the Belgian sausage, that 25-kilometre stretch of the Fenbahn Trail, isn't marketed as a long, thin stretch of one country inside another. Apart from the period marker stones set off to the side and which only makes sense if you know what to look for and why you're looking, there's nothing on the ground to flag the fact you're riding through a 10 metre wide country. The Fenbahn Trail starts in Charlemagne's capital city of Aachen in Germany, crosses over to Belgium and ends in northern Luxembourg. It's the longest rail trail in Europe. The Belgium in Germany part of the trail starts a little north of the German town of Rutgen, which, incidentally, was where the first Allied troops entered Germany in the Second World War. The Fenbahn Railway was of major strategic importance back then, 
with many of its bridges blown up by German sappers as the Wehrmacht retreated. In Röntgen, the Fenbahn crosses the road from Aachen, with trail users negotiating a dog-leg road crossing to get from one side of the trail to the other. Do so, and you stay in Belgium. But divert a few metres and you cross into Germany. On a bend in the road, motorists are in Germany one moment, Belgium when they reach the crossing point of the Fenbahn, and Germany again a second or so later. I didn't linger in Rogan because I was racing against the light to reach medieval Monschau, reached by a dirt track down from the trail. It was dark by the time I got there and only had a look around while trying to find my hotel. And I was up again early the next morning when it was still dark. I'm in the little medieval town of Munchau. You can hear the river in the background. And I haven't actually seen this, this place in daylight yet because uh, I got here late last night uh, going on the Venban Trail and I'm going up again to the Venban Trail to see the rail bike operation which is like bogies with bikes on that you go about seven kilometers and you pedal along. And uh, that's part of the Venbon uh, trail system, although it does kind of go off a bit away from the actual old railway trail. But Munchau is in Germany. And of course, where I'm going up the top of the hill there is in Belgium. That 25 kilometer Belgian sausage inside Germany. I'm now climbing to the Venbahn Trail via a little, well, it's no longer cobbled. It was cobbled in Monchau. Then there's a bit of tarmac. And now it's back onto dirt, following a little river, up through some woodland, up onto the hill, which is where the Venbahn Trail takes over again. I was heading for the former station at Kulterherberg, which, as well as having a train carriage cafe hires four-seater rail bikes for a seven-kilometre pedal along the rails to a dead end and back. The original Fenbahn line was a double-track affair, and along much of the trail, the redundant rails are still in place, some of them possibly waiting for the line to be resurrected. The rail bike place had yet to open for the day when I passed, but, according to Gilbert Perrin, it attracts customers year-round. Because it was a double track, it was possible to have the uh, the rail bike just beside the greenway or the greenway beside the rail bike. Mm. I had a meeting with a rail bike owner and he was afraid of having a greenway along the rail bike because he said nobody will come for the rail bike. They will all come with our bicycle and they will forget us. I went back two years after and he said, oh, it's very nice because they come with a bike, they stop, they use the rail bike, they come back and they take their bike again to go on. Like many other rail trails around the world, the Fenbahn boosts the nearby tourism-related businesses. For instance, annual occupancy rates in local hotels increased by a fifth soon after the Fenbahn Trail opened in 2013. It was really abandoned almost everywhere except one section who was used as a a tourist um, steam, uh, I would say historical Mm -hmm. museum railway. Uh, But after that, the the steam railway stopped because it was too expensive to uh, renew the, the track. And the, the director of the tourist office of our German 
community. He said, uh, we should do something. We organized a, a tour uh, with our association uh, to show the potential of one of the sections. And the, the local press was there. And they were very interested. It's, it's around 2004 or something like that. And um, and the press was present, and they said, "Yeah, it's impossible to to leave this abandoned as it is now, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And the minister for tourism of the German community read this in the newspapers, and he said, uh, "We have to have a meeting with you. You have to explain what you can do." And we made the first uh, feasibility study for one of the sections between Wem and Saint-Vite. We made a feasibility study, and then he had some money to help the municipality to build the first section as a greenway, about 17 kilometers. It was a very big beginning. And after that, all the, the, the region said, yeah, we, we, would, we, we need this greenway. We also need this greenway. And after that, it was a very important project with uh, many people, with a lot of money f- coming from Europe and from the partners. And here's Vitaly again. You know, I think it's a great, it's a great story, uh, and uh, it tells you a lot about Europe as well. If you, if you kind of look deeper into it, so it's good that they're trying to preserve it. I agree. It's a great story, a great rail trail, and I'll be back to do the full 128 kilometers at some point. I turned around at Kolterherberg and rode back to Aachen so I could catch a series of trains to Amsterdam and the ferry home. And I got to Amsterdam from travelling from Newcastle. And I travelled from Newcastle on, as I'm sure you can probably hear this, uh, on a very loud ship, uh, a DFDS ferry from uh, Newcastle to Imuden in, uh, in Amsterdam. And it was a fantastic crossing. I've got to say, if you can get across uh, the North Sea, this, uh, this is a brilliant way of getting across. And I had a restaurant meal, fantastic to, to sit there in the evening. And instead of a train journey where the country's whizzing by, you've got the North Sea kind of whizzing by. Details about the Fenbahn Trail and how I got there can be found on the show notes at the-spokesmen.com. There'll be an article about my Fenbahn trip in The Guardian soon. This was show 229 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast released on Tuesday 12th of November 2019. Here's my co-host David with a short message from our show sponsor. Hey Carlton, thanks so much and it's it's always my pleasure to talk about our advertiser. This is a long-time loyal advertiser. It's Jensen USA at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. I've been telling you for years now, years, that Jensen is the place where you can get a great selection of every kind of product that you need for your cycling lifestyle at amazing prices. And what really sets them apart, because of course there's lots of online retailers out there, but what really sets them apart is their unbelievable support. When you call and you've got a question about something, you'll end up talking to one of their gear advisors. And these are cyclists. I've been there. I've seen it. These are folks who ride at lunch, who go out on group rides after work because they just enjoy cycling so much. Uh, and, And so you know that when you call, you'll be talking to somebody who has knowledge of the products that you're calling about. 
if you're looking for a new bike, whether it's a mountain bike, a road bike, a gravel bike, a fat bike, what are you looking for? Go ahead and check them out. Jensen USA, they are the place where you will find everything you need for your cycling lifestyle. It's jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. We thank them so much for their support, and we thank you for supporting Jensen USA. All right, Carlton, let's get back to the show. Thanks, David. Oh, and uh, thanks also to Twitter's RevChips for sending me a link about the Venbon Trail, which, by the way, is Venbon, as in V-E-N-N-Bon. It means Fenway or Venway in German, but it's uh, pronounced with an F. Anyway, uh, that's a wrap for today's show. And like the Gino Bartoli and Cycling in Cambril stories on the previous episodes, today's show was more engineered than the usual roundtable ramblings. If you like this editorial approach, make sure to give the show a shout out on Apple Podcasts or leave a comment on the show notes at the-spokesman.com and we'll do more of them. However, the next few episodes will be one-on-one interviews, starting with Yanto Barker, founder of the high-end cycle clothing brand, Nicole. That'll be out in a week or so. Meanwhile, get out there and ride. Ride.